This is the Closer and Closer podcast, where we bring creatives from all over the world together for you to learn from, relate to, and be inspired by. As fun as creativity is, we know it can get really lonely. So our LA-based agency is bridging that gap with weekly conversations with inspiring creatives to help you grow your career. Let's get started. Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrea Mejia-Madriz, and I'm a part of the Artist Marketing and Partnerships team here at Closer and Closer. And this week, I have with me my wonderful co-host, Dave Arcade. Thanks, Andrea. I'm Dave Arcade, an artist on the Closer and Closer roster. But enough about me, because it is my pleasure to introduce today's guest. David Leutert is a freelance illustrator and lettering artist based in Berlin. He has worked with clients like Adobe, Coach, Dropbox, MTV, and Pepsi. David holds an MFA in illustration from the School of Visual Arts, and his work has been recognized by the Society of Illustrators, Communication Arts, the Art Directors Club, TDC, and the American Illustration. His playful illustration style is a combination of bold lines, dynamic letters, and limited color palettes, with a bit of a retro vibe. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're so excited to have you back. It's been a while since our last conversation. Um, I think it was like pretty much at the height of the pandemic, which is crazy to think about that it was that long ago um, and that we've been in a pandemic for that long. But I'm excited to kind of chat through new things and, and hear your whole story. Yeah, I think I think the last time we talked was in March of last year of 2021. Oh wow! It was horrible. Just a yeah. horrible time altogether. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. Things are looking somewhat better now, but still not not the best, you know. Yeah. But I'm happy to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And this, <laughs> this is this always happens. I'm just such a bummer. Sorry no, for that. No, you're not. You're not, dude. You you uh, you didn't. You had a a tough right when the pandemic hit uh, that whole time and it was really tough for you and you were without internet and you were in a distant land <laughs> and then i know you had that, that was some... by far the hardest part not having internet for a couple of months um yeah. no i think it was difficult for everyone just yeah. exc- I, I i haven't talked to a single person that enjoyed the last two and a half years no yeah do you know what's weird is um that i got angry about this later but my my boys, uh, my sons, not my friends. Guys, I'm talking about my, <laughs> my boys. boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, uh, my my youngest son missed out on, um, what's the math? Like two percent of his life through the pandemic, he had to stay home, mm. and it's like that's a lot of life, even though he's young. Yeah, they're the formative years, you know, and it's it's not. Yeah, I just—I'm so mad at the pandemic still. <laughs> I wish there was something I mean, we could fight. Aren't we all? Understandably, I'm—I'm I'm honestly kind of glad I didn't—I wasn't still in school um, when the pandemic started. I could—I oh, I couldn't even imagine what it's like not to see your your friends and and study in person for two years. Yeah. My wife's a school teacher. You know how hard that was to oh be a God. teacher. She, I, they, yeah. she she had to invent ways to make lessons interesting, both for online students and kids that were there. And as she, mm-hmm. as she told me about it and explained like what she was thinking of, I was like, no joke, you are on like art director, copywriter <laughs> level of creative thinking right now. I can't believe 
like the stuff you're coming up with. It, it stretched the hell out of teachers. And a lot of teachers became super teachers and the others quit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, sounds about right. Dave, you're not a teacher. You're an artist. And let's keep talking about that, teachers. I know. I, and I would. And I would love to. Teachers are great. Here at the CNC podcast, we love a good teacher. Anyways. Yes. Um, but last time, because of the pandemic and because of everything that was going on, we didn't really get into like your full creative background, I don't think. I think we just kind of jumped mm -hmm. right into, you know, talking about how the current climate was affecting artists and like how it was affecting you. So mm -hmm. this episode, it's imperative that we get the scoop on where everything started with you, how you came to creativity, and yeah, just tell us your story. Sure. Um, well, I was born and raised in Nuremberg, Germany, mm -hmm. which is this beautiful medieval city down south in the state of Bavaria where people wear lederhosen unironically. I love it's it. It's a real <laughs> thing. It's like all, all the stereotypes about Germans they're true in Bavaria. Um, <laughs> it's the worst. I kind of love it, but I also hate it and I had to leave, but I'm, I always like it every time I come back. Um, yeah. I feel like it's like, yeah. once you leave, you have to defend it with your whole chest, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've never owned a pair of lederhosen and I don't think that's Dang. ever going to happen. But yeah, like, like most kids, I, I just always love to draw. I just, for some reason, I never, I never stopped like most illustrators, or I, I should say, I think the reason was just having like a very supportive, nurturing kind of household where you're not being, you know, because there's just, I've I've had so many conversations with people who tell me, um, you know, I, I used to, I, I used to like to draw. I actually had somewhat of a talent for it, or I used mm -hmm. to be a, I, want, I wanted to be a musician or I wanted to write. Um, but then someone along the way, whether it was their parents, you know, their family or, or co-workers or just society as a whole, just discourage them from pursuing their, their creative, uh, you know, dreams. And then they just end up becoming a cop or whatever. But, <laughs> but, but I just, creative I creative to I, cop we, pipeline. <laughs> yeah. That happens too it's often. One or the other. Yeah. You choose. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 luckily I was, I was, um, encouraged to just pursue that that talent at least I, I didn't quite know what to do with it but I just was never made to feel bad about it and so back what in did school you draw I was, when you were little sorry I have to what's that what you, when you were little what did you draw like when you were like before 10 years old oh that's such a good question hold on let me think um landscapes and birds and flowers, pretty much the same thing I draw today, you know, definitely <laughs> not cars or anything sports related, <laughs> not interested. Um, yeah, I think that's surprising those, to me. Those kinds of, well, also, one, no, one thing I have kidding. to, no, this is not surprising at all. What One thing actually I, I'm, I'm just realizing is I think I started out just copying a lot of stuff, like most people do. Mm. Just like whenever you pick up a guitar, you don't start writing your own songs, you just kind of, you know, practice other people's songs. So whenever you start, to draw, you just, I would just True. Um, co copy my favorite comic books and stuff, you know, yeah. and try to see if I could replicate that style and figure out how they draw noses and eyes and stuff. Um, so that's how I think that those were, were my first um, drawings. But yeah, I, I would just, I would just, back in school, I would always doodle during class and draw caricatures of my teachers. 
Um, <laughs> I was not good at school at all. Yeah. Um, and I was I was only really somewhat good in in art class. And that kind of I still I mean at that point didn't quite know what to do with it. But I, I remember Neither I used to be art teachers though. Our teachers in high <laughs> no, school were terrible. They had no, they had no idea. They couldn't give us any perspective on what you could do with that talent. It just seems yeah. like like a chore. They were just like, all right, you're here once a week for like an hour. I don't know what to tell you. Just draw this thing, draw this still life. Um, but it was fun. So yeah. <laughs> and I got good grades. Um, but yeah, I I I used I used to be obsessed with like skateboard graphics and comic books and DIY punk posters and album covers like lowbrow art and, and definitely Saturday morning cartoons, lots of Nickelodeon yeah. and stuff. And then, and then I think when I, when I realized that there were people who got paid to create the things I love, that's when my mind was set. And I, mm -hmm. and I think, I don't know if I knew the, the name for it then, but I definitely wanted to become an illustrator. I just, but graphic design just felt like a safer career path. Mm -hmm. So I did that first. Um, and, and also just at the time, and I, I don't know if that's still the case anymore, but just illustration in Germany was almost exclusively editorial and children's books. And there's mm. nothing wrong with that, but just stylistically, the type of work that people would hire was just more like watercolors and, yeah. and, um, let's see, like collages and stuff, which I wasn't interested in, in either of those things. My Most of my inspirations came from American culture, really, right? Like all, mm -hmm. everything I drew looked like a, like cornflakes packaging or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and just like really line-based, just like cartoony. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see that in any of the magazines, so I didn't really see any, I just could never picture ever getting hired to do um, my kinds of drawings. And so, and so, yeah, I, I just, I just, I just went in the graphic design direction. It just seemed like a more feasible and, you know, it seemed like the right thing to do. So when I was, yeah. when I was 18, I um, started out as a design apprentice at an ad agency where I oh. learned that I didn't really want to work at an ad agency. <laughs> um, I, I just, uh, so, so the, in, in Germany, you don't necessarily have to go the path of higher education in order to one day be able to hopefully make good money doing mm -hmm. what what do you do you can also just do like a two or three year professional practical hands-on training in whatever job you want to do so same goes for when you want to become a designer they call it media design so you become mm -hmm. a media design apprentice usually either at like a could be a radio station tv station but most of the time they're advertising agencies or like small boutique design offices or something mm -hmm. and yeah and and that was just like it was a great experience but just mostly in terms of what I didn't want to do but <laughs> it was just a lot of like like b2b marketing and yeah. just bored boring as hell and there was no so room boring. for creativity whatsoever we had like we had bible-sized style guides you know so whenever I had any any question as to how to solve a problem creatively, the creative director or just any anyone would just refer to me, would just tell me to look at page 340 in the style guide and just be like, make sure that, you know, that element is like 30 pixels from, uh, from the left side. It's just, ah! Uh, anyway, yeah. opposite of who you are. are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I, I finished my training and 
got out of there as fast as I could. And then I applied ran to design hills. school. In, what's that? Sorry. I just said ran for the hills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just could, I could not wait to get out of there. And then, and then I applied to design school in Nuremberg, which was ki kind of overwhelming, to be honest. It just, no, not under, it was underwhelming is what I oh, meant it was to Underwhelming. Say. Like it was yeah, boring. Yeah, the exact uh, opposite. Also boring. Like, <laughs> I wish it would have been overwhelming. It was kind of boring, to be honest, but I can't even blame anyone. It was me too. Like I, I, I got to stay in my hometown. So mm -hmm. whenever you move to a new town to, to, to study, you're kind of forced to just meet new people. And, sure. you know, and I didn't have any of that and I had no desire and I was just kind of ignorant, to be honest, you know, and then also just the, the, my, my my majors were I was focusing on illustration, graphic design, and typography. And mm. just in most of those. So okay. Maybe it was just the <laughs> school I out. went to. And I, I know you, Dave, like to talk shit about your alma mater too. Like your <laughs> your undergraduate days, you also seem somewhat not happy yeah. with, with your yep. time there. Uh, totally. Well, yes. <laughs> well, for me, I can I can only speak from my own experience, but I've also talking to to you know other former design students in in Germany. I think it's less of a it's more of a just laid back kind of do your thing um, teaching style here, mm. which just yeah. doesn't really work with the way my brain works. Mm -hmm. And so, so what that meant really was at the beginning of of the semester, they would give us an assignment and be like, design this poster see you in four months. And then four months later, we'd at the end of the semester, we'd come in and just show them our posters and they'd be like, all right, thanks. And That's then you terrible. would get a grade. So there's no, you just couldn't learn anything, right? Yeah. There's no yeah. way of learning. You need weekly and, contact. Um, yes. Well, I mean, they did offer that, but you didn't have to go. So of course I didn't go. Sure. <laughs> Again, so it, it it was on me too, definitely. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to put the blame on anyone. No, here. but but these teachers at, at these colleges teaching design um mm -hmm. i i'm sure it's great in other places like the pasadena or uh, the art center in pasadena and uh mm -hmm. um the one in san francisco that, that kelly wallstrom went to oh yeah. um, there's these great places but a lot of these people and dave you probably had a similar experience they are um they're like they're failed professionals right i remember a lot of my teachers would show us their work and it was like, I remember this one time when I realized where I was, like mm -hmm. as a whole, like the school I was going to. And this guy that I've been listening to for months held up, he, he brought this, this package, packaging design that he made. And it was like mm -hmm. for a remote control little like boat. And mm -hmm. it was like, so, you know, like when you get out there, you might be making stuff like this. It was like a picture of a toy boat. That he just like put it and then put crappy gradated type over the top. And I was like, that's stupid. That looks stupid. Like I, I, I thought I was talking to somebody who's gonna teach me how to become a, a wizard. So a lot of a lot of these teachers don't I, none of them are listening. They don't know who I am. My name is different now, so they don't know who I am. Um yeah, exactly. It's fine. Yeah, they just I don't honestly know how to well, in, in my experience. Well, at least that I, I don't know about your school, but in 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 my case, the our teachers were not 
were not working professionals at the time, right? So they were yeah. just completely out of touch with what was really going on. Better way of putting um, it. And yeah. Yes. And so I would just spend most of my time just outside of school and just putting on, you know, shows with my friends and creating mm -hmm. f flyers for it and t-shirt graphics and just doing my own. I I always I was always working on something. They just it just usually wasn't um, school assignments. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and and um after I graduated with a BA in design, I spent well I I applied to the only uh, master's program for illustration in in Germany, which is all the way up north in in the city of Hamburg, um, because I knew I wanted to become an illustrator. And so at that point, I was already like I I wanted cool. to make it happen, but they turned me down, and I was devastated, um, and I I didn't know what to do with myself. But I I ended up spending a, a summer working as a T-shirt designer at Adidas. Um, oh, that's cool. Which that's awesome. they're one of the they're one of the biggest employers in the Nuremberg area. So a lot of people, you know, work, work for them at, at some point. And and then also there's Puma too. I don't know mm. if you know the story behind that, but like, the, yeah, the founders kind of hated each other's guts. Uh, the, the, well, the the founders were brothers, right? And I don't know what happened, but they just didn't like each other. And they they just both were living in this tiny village where both of those headquarters still are, and they just they they started their their companies separated by this river oh. that went through through the those two villages. Adidas and Puma, their brothers. Yes. They... Yeah. Exactly. I don't know the story. And, <laughs> mm -hmm. and so they they just they never talked to each other again until they died. <laughs> so, that is crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it's yeah. I, I, I that's so awesome. In the shoe also, industry. I didn't know there was a cool story there, and even yeah. the river. Well, they, like the... their their name their names were their last name was Dassler D A S S L E R. So Adidas or Adidas is short for Adi Dassler, like Adolf Dassler, oh. which was the, the, oh. that's the founder, the Adidas founder, and then I think the Puma guy was like Hans Dassler or some random German name. It's a Greg Puma. Fritz. Yes, <laughs> Red Puma. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I just, I did that. And then I moved to New York to pursue an MFA in illustration from the School of Visual Arts, which mm -hmm. was exactly the type of education I needed. That was yeah. like, just like a, a two year, just like, how do I put this? It just felt like, I was never in the military, but it felt like I was in like in in the illustration army or something. I just yeah. never slept for for it was like a boot camp, right? For illustration, yeah. but in the best way. And yeah. I I just I never slept for two years. I just all I did was draw and draw some more and then sit through class and draw even more and never sleep. And I I learned a lot. And that was yeah, that was definitely um super helpful in 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 making this thing happen. What yeah. when was that? How many years ago was that? Um, 2015 was when I moved and I graduated in 2017. So that, yeah. So that was like, that was the missing piece. It sounds like mm -hmm. to yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's mm -hmm. where you learned it. That's mm -hmm. everybody has their, their moment in their adult life where they figure out creative people, everybody, but we're not talking about everybody where they kind of figure out their craft. <laughs> 
And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. that's really cool that, I mean, I can't think of a better place for that to happen. Um, so, yeah. so that's it, Dave. We're done. We're done with the podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, man. It was fun. Bye. <laughs> See ya. No, yeah. And I think it's so interesting that you were like looking for that um like structure all along because it sounds mm -hmm. so much like and again, like sometimes we're just unaware of what is possible until we get there and we see it and we're like, oh, that's the thing that people do. But like it's exactly like commercial illustration, right? Like it's you mm -hmm. have those guidelines set up in those tent poles and you have to work within restraints, but like not too many restraints, and you're still the problem solver for the client. Mm -hmm. So like it's just interesting that you've always kind of been searching for that that kind of thing and you got there yes. without necessarily like seeing it from a mile away and being like that's where i'm going it was just kind of trying different things out until you found it yeah, exactly and i and i think it it happened at the at the right time cuz you mm -hmm. know i whenever i moved to new york i was in my i was 28 i think and i and so it's it's grad school right so at that point Every, everyone in my class knew what they wanted. They all mm -hmm. wanted to be illustrators. But there was no dilly-dallying around. We weren't in our early 20s anymore. This was, we yeah. didn't go to school to party. Yeah. Um, I had done my fair share of partying. So I just really wanted to be, wanted to learn. And and I'm and I'm glad I had made all of those experiences prior because it allowed me to just approach this illustration thing with just more experience and being an a trained designer and just like a problem solver, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting how uh, I, I keep hearing this this pattern in um, the journey of of artists where they kind of know what they want to do, kind of. They can point at it in media, mm -hmm. but getting there is like, you know, you're on top of the mountain and you can see the peak you want to be on. You're like, cool. Well, there it is. And then you look down yeah. and there's just tangled forest and rivers and Such a, a river idea. separating two, two estranged <laughs> brothers. Um, yes. it, and it's tough. It's like, you just want to go to the smartest person and shake him and be like, I want to draw pictures. Can you point me in that way? They're like, I, I don't even know, dude, I don't even know. I'm stuck in this freaking ad agency. Um, <laughs> it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's hard to get there, man, but we, we find a mm -hmm. way. Um, yeah, you kind of were, were touching on this, and I want to mm -hmm. ask you this question uh, or these questions because uh, you know I, I've known you for for a little while now. I wish we got to talk as often as we used to, but mm -hmm. when you're like Dave, there's a time difference from where you are <laughs> and where I am. I'm like, yeah, that's true. You're like, guys, I'm talking to you like eight o'clock at night. It sucks. I'm I think like, it's okay. yeah. I think it's like a nine hour time difference. It's like when yeah. yeah. Whenever you're meeting up, it's 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 like eight eight p.m. on a Friday here, which yeah. is when I just don't want to do yeah. any work related meetings. And I love all of you people, but I just can't do it. It's like I have nope. usually have other things to do, but I I really miss it a lot. Like I'm whenever like, I we eat dinner, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's no, just, it's just, just really as long unfortunate as you miss. timing. I'll, I think I should just move to Salt Lake City. We can hang you out can all the time. You can live with us. It's fine. <laughs> We we have this uh, thirty four hundred square foot house that we got for two hundred seventy thousand dollars. Can you believe it? That's how cheap what houses were ten years ago. What a wow. flex! Yeah. yeah. What? It's actually it's actually a tiny. It's not even a flex. It's like that's all we could afford. And now people like I I, I was just talking to this young couple. They're they're in their twenties and they just bought a six hundred thousand dollar house. And I'm like, how how? Oh, what yeah. are you getting paid? <laughs> yeah. And he kind of hinted that he might be making like four hundred thousand dollars. I think people are getting paid way more now than when we were 
in the Some workforce. Anyway, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's a drug dealer. He is, and that's where I get him, and I like it. And it's I'm gonna on him. be like every other episode now that Dave accuses somebody of dealing drugs or dealing yeah. drugs. <laughs> which oh, we're we're experiencing it right now. Which Dave? You, Arcane. He, Dave, other Dave. I know. I know. I that it was Dave. It. Al, Wait, who? Me? No, Dave. Yeah, I'm on. Dave Wait, A does this. Well, you said often. him, but you meant the, the, the not the Dave that's here, the Dave, the other Dave on the roster. You said that, but then, okay, so, <laughs> so Dave, I want to talk about uh, your teenage years and your young adult years, which you've kind of kind of explained. But it, you know, if there's some uh, uncovered territory, um, I, I I'm asking because uh, your your work is is really cool. I love it. It it uh, kind of permeates with uh, or it's permeated with, with punk rock and youth culture. Um, you're, you get these cool jobs and you get to be cool and look cool. And also you always, you're like in the stasis of 22 years old, no matter how much you age. So, which makes me mad. Um, but you do these murals and gig posters and you skate and you detest politicians, but it's genuine. Like, it's not like, Oh, screw him. It's always like when you say something like, yeah, Dave's right. Um, so were you like a skate punk as a kid or did like your angst kind of bloom later on in life is my first question. And then I want to know about, I know you love music and I know music's important to every generation, but my generation, your generation, not yours, Andrea loves music more than everybody. No. Um, I want to know if there's any bands that changed your life or, or if was there a music scene in Nuremberg that, that, uh, got you hooked. And lastly, uh, who's the artist or artist that kind of sparked that burning feeling in your chest where you're like, that's what I want to do with my life? So it's kind of three questions, Dave. So David. I mean, those are all great questions. Um, I where do I start? Let's see. Well, I first of all, I don't detest politicians. I only detest fascists. Um, but yeah, it's true. Why? I, I have all <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Bizarre. Please elaborate. Um <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's true. I have always been um, fascinated by by counterculture um, in any shape or form. Um, I think my my first love was hip hop. I think you know when whenever I was, nice. I want to say like eight, nine, maybe ten years old, was when I, I had of course I I knew music existed, but up until that point, it was just like just random noise on the radio. But then I mm -hmm. that then I found something that actually spoke to me. Right. So I was just listening to like producers like DJ Premier, Pete Rock, Jay Dilla, that kind of like boom bap sound from the East Coast with where they're using tons of jazz samples and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was into that and like artists like Public Enemy, Nas, Big L was always my favorite MC and Gangstar, MF Doom, The Roots, The Fugees, you know, all of, all of those. You're um, deep into artists. it, man. That's awesome. I didn't know for, that. For, yeah. For I mean, for a really long time. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, to, to answer your other question, I was never really a skate punk. Uh, my skateboarding phase was already over by the time I got into punk rock. So I, I would say from like 10 until 16, my entire life revolved around skateboarding. I didn't do anything else. And then, you know, once you get to puberty and other things start we becoming can't say that <laughs> we can, we can, yeah we can't say that on here but i just well also honestly to me skateboarding was always like a 
a communal thing. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed it not just I, I I never went skating by myself. I just always had my friends around. And so once my friends stopped skating one by one, that's when I just was on my own. And I was like, all right, screw this. I'll do something not else. You're not um, the guy doing tricks by yourself till eleven at night with ripped jeans. No, never, shoes. unfortunately. No, I No, it's I, fine. I, that's why I asked. I, I always know. I always admired those people, but I could never do it, you know, and it's honestly, it's still one of those, one of the reasons I don't really skate quite as much anymore is because I don't have any skate buddies, <laughs> you know, yeah. so if any, anyone from Berlin is listening to this and, and you're into skateboarding, just let's, let's hang out. <laughs> let's, let's skate. I, I'm desperate. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sad. Um, but yeah, I, well, I people don't, don't want to break their fingers when they're adults, you know, and there well, comes a point where you're like, lower. 100%. I actually, I, I started wearing a wrist um, guard on my right hand because I actually have a job now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Can't be breaking but, your hands as an artist. No. Yeah. No. But yeah. Um, wait, what, what else? Uh, what bands changed my life? Uh, let's see. Well, I, this is difficult. I don't know. I Well, my, my favorite, I mean, my favorite Thompson contemporary Twins. punk band is. Oh, this is so difficult. I like remember sports, but nobody knows them, which is probably for the best because if they if they ever blew up, I couldn't see them in small clubs anymore. But that's so, a band name, uh, Sports. Remember Sports. They used to go by Sports, but then I think they got sued because there's so <laughs> many bands with the name Sports. So they, yeah, they had to change their name to Remember Sports. They're from Philadelphia, and they're amazing. Um, but yeah, my, my, my all-time favorite punk band is The Clash. Nice. Um, I just keep always keep coming back to them. I can, I just, I can always listen to them no matter what mood I'm in. They just always speak to me. And this is, I don't know how to put this, but I've been thinking about this and I'm still trying to figure out how to do it. But I want to get to a point where my work looks the way The Clash sounds, mm. if that makes any sense. It you know, I want to be the drummer of illustration. Does it? Okay, good, 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 Dude, good. I, I just don't I, know how because I don't want to just rip off their album art. That's too easy. I want to yeah. replicate that feeling I get from listening to The Clash, you know? Dave, I'm so glad you said that because one of the uh, great tragedies of my life is looking at my work and then listening to the songs I love and not mm-hmm. being able to figure out a way to marry them without just making a poster that's like, you know, the song remains the same by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> it's this song, you know, like, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm so glad you said that. That's uh, uh, not lonely in that area. Checkbox checked. Yeah. No, Anymore. not really. I, I just, I, it's, it's not really something I'd, I'd ever thought about consciously how, you know, the music I love affects my my illustration work but it's just it's just something i've been thinking about more lately um yeah. i don't know there's so many bands i just some of my like there's a band called hot water music that i used to love for 15 years they were always my favorite band and i guess they still are i just never find myself listening to them as much anymore but yeah i don't know there's jawbreaker lifetime i used to always love rancid the replacements mm-hmm. weezer maybe Dinosaur <laughs> Jr., just all kind not Great just punk bands. rock stuff, right? I just yeah. like I was I always liked soul um and and blues and like country and more folksy stuff, like musicians really? like Tom Petty. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I have a Tom Petty tattoo. <laughs> oh, no way! That's so awesome. I love That's Tom wild. Petty. It's great. That's pretty random, I know. And I, I used to like Elvis Costello or Lucinda Williams, like more, yeah, more folk stuff for Bob Dylan. Tom Waits is always yeah. huge. Yeah, Charles yeah. Bradley, who unfortunately passed oh, away, but him, so good. I, I know the hands down the best concert I've ever seen. Charles Bradley at um, Brooklyn Bowl, the mm. best. Ooh, and Taylor I, Swift. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big time Swifty. You're Swifty. Not She's ashamed great. to admit. I yes, love it. she is. Gosh, I, I, yeah. I wish we could just talk about music the whole time. Now that you're mentioning bands, it's like, oh, let's talk about how Charles Bradley's like that was the hardest working soul singer of all time. You know? Yes. Yes. But that's, I mean, that's... we could. Let's just make it an unnecessarily long episode. That just <laughs> no one will bother to listen to all the way Three to the end. Hours long. Yeah. Three <laughs> hours <Yeah>. long. Three <laughs> hours long. Um, but yeah, awesome. but no other. I think. Oh, sorry. I no, didn't go. mean to interrupt. Because yeah. we, because Dave, I think you you asked about artists that made me want to yeah. do create stuff actually, and that I think were more like people like Ray Raymond Pettibon or Jim mm -hmm. Phillips, yeah, you know, because like Pettibon just did those really iconic like black flag designs and stuff, and yeah. then Jim Phillips with like his you know like Powell or was it Santa Cruz like those you know the Santa screaming Cruz. hand. I got it yeah. on the speaker so right now. So good, yeah. so good. And yeah, and then I don't know. And and this all time, I think favorite designers and typographers are people like Paula Scher, I love, Louise mm -hmm. Feely, Herb Lubalin. They're all really type um, focused. Myra Kalman, Milton Glaser um, was great. And Seymour Quast, always been one of my favorite illustrators. He's still around, fortunately. And then, and then, and cartoonists. Like I, Dave, I listened to that episode with Max Loeffler. Oh, and yeah. you, I can't believe you've never heard of Möbius, this yeah, Belgian uh, cartoonist. Because yeah. look, I and I, I, I don't mean to offend you in any way, but like looking at your work, just I can't, I, I just, I just don't get how you've never, your eyeballs never looked at any of Möbius's work because he's just so good. Did I say -E I didn't know who? I U S. Yeah. Did I say that I didn't know who he was? Yeah, he, you did, and I just couldn't believe it. Did you maybe lie? maybe I misunderstood Max maybe. Be, uh but I but I only found Mobius a year ago. Oh okay. Yeah, same. I was pretty late to the game too. Yeah, yes. yeah, no, he's he makes me mad. It's like dude, I know. Yeah, it's so frustrating. He was too good. It's like to is. a point where you just you don't want to even try anymore. <laughs> oh, that's Max said Moby. He said, I love the artist. I Moby. love Moby. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was about to say, I think when he brought it up, I heard Morbius. And that's Maybe. like that new horrible Jared Leto movie. And that's all I was getting <laughs> when I would Google it. And I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. But all I see is Jared Leto as a weird villain vampire. And I don't like it. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't an accent thing. Because every now and again, you know, I, I put on my extra concentration hat when the accents are a little thicker. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I try and maybe I, I misheard him a little bit. And please, Max, you, your English is fantastic. But that's like the number one insecurity with with international artists. Like, oh, my English. It's like everything you say is brilliant. But yeah, I think I might have yeah. heard something else. Stop saying I know more. who Mobius is, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, definitely him. But then also just just people like Will Eisner or Hergé. I think Ross Chast, she's hilarious. 
and and then and then like graphic novelists like Charles Burns, Daniel Klaus, Chris Ware, Burns. and one of my yeah. my my current favorite cartoonists is Simon Simon Hanselman. I think I th I'm just gonna say he because he's usually in in a dress, but he refers to himself as he. So I think that's his pronoun. So I'm I'm just gonna go with him. But he has just the, it's the most insane comics that I don't re recommend to anyone. It's a very it's it's just I don't think it's for everyone, right? But it's so there's just something about it. it that that yeah, Simon Hanselman with two ends. And yeah. and just there's something about those comics that makes me want to just drop everything and only do comics for the rest of my life. Wow. You should so you good. should make comics. You definitely want yeah. to. <laughs> do, do I would love to? to. I would love to, but I need to make money also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have this problem when you go to make a comic? Say you have the desire. I'm going to check this person out, by the way. Like these, just looking at the art. That is, is just start start with the book Mega Hex. And just okay. the, that entire Mag Mog and Owl series is so insane. And again, is. don't say I didn't warn you. Maybe maybe you won't like it and that's okay. But it's my just my favorite right now. He's I have a lot of tolerance for insanity. Um, okay. <laughs> that's good. Uh, but when you go to make a comic, uh, does this happen to you? You go to make it and then you're like, I don't know what joke. I don't know. I can't think of a joke. Yeah, I haven't funny really... in my life. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how to be funny. I haven't really done too many comics. They're usually like short, like four panel comics, and they're not really funny or clever or anything. So I can't really say I have very much experience in, in the field. I've just always been I've I I I tend to just read them more than I draw them. But yeah, that might change I, at some point. Okay. Yeah, it could, it, I, I'm with. I hope for both of us that it changes and like a light bulb goes off. And like I could do comics now, but my fear, and I bet you there's some truth to, to this, is that the the comic artist can't help but make comics because they're always prolific. Hmm. And it's like if I haven't started doing, I'm not speaking for you because I don't want to curse you with this. I just curse myself. <laughs> um, if I haven't started doing it now, I probably probably don't have a talent for it damn it don't i would love to make that. comics please don't say that if it's something you want to do then why not you know maybe you, you can to get to that it. point exactly yeah. as long as it's it. fun i bet you any of these these great comic artists would say you're gonna write a bunch of stinkers at first but you'll get funnier maybe i just don't want to go yeah. through another learning process yes <laughs> well Okay, I think we've covered a lot of ground in terms of like your earlier creative life and your influences <laughs> and what inspires you to create. Yeah, Dave, stop talking about it. Jeez. No, Sorry, I'm great done. Stuff. I just want to make sure that we also get to like where you are today and what you've been doing recently since the last time that we chatted. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a broad question, but I want to ask you about like what are some career milestones that you've hit recently? Are there any dream projects, dream clients? Like now that you are a commercial illustrator, you found your lane, you found your gig. What has been going on that you're like super excited about, super proud of? How did you feel in those moments? And also for those people listening that feel like, I mean, I know it's all constantly a work in progress and we're all still trying to quote and unquote get there. But mm -hmm. what are like three tools, ideas, practices, whatever that have helped mm -hmm. you kind of get to where you are today and reach your goals? Hmm. Okay, let's see. 18 that was questions. a lot of questions. So <laughs> I know. Me and Dave so did you... like four questions in one go. 
did, did you ask did, did you ask me how I got to where I am yeah, today I guess with my just what freelance are, um, career or, or am I I would love to up? hear some like, yeah, some commercial and or like freelance mm -hmm. illustration milestones that you've hit recently, anything mm -hmm. you're super proud of, how you got there. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, part of how you got there is just like, are there any specific okay. tools that you think people should know about, any practices, whatever? Yes. Cool. Well, I mean, so I, I, I went freelance full time in... 2017 or 18 right after i'd graduated from sva so i've only really been doing it for like four to five years um at least full time and and that first year i worked for various agencies and companies around the city like double day and Cartwright or colossal media and mtv and i i, I had i had a short stint at mtv viacom in in times square mm -hmm. the, nice. oh, wow. the worst place in manhattan <laughs> uh but, but where, where, nice I, where I, I mean, I I thought it was a, a really interesting experience. I got to do graphics for for MTV's reboot of TRL, oh, which didn't awesome. last very long. I think it had, yeah. got um, canceled after a couple months. But but it was cool to just I to just get to see how these things work, you know. Yeah. And 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 then in, I think I only did I did one year of freelance with out an agent and then in 2018 drew reached out to me and asked if i wanted to join the agency which i mean they they were they were working on a large campaign for Lollapalooza at the time and i think they like were everyone in, that's been on the roster for a while always like that exactly Lala, Lala, uh project was such like a sticking point for a lot of people yeah that was just because you're you were just thrown and you just we just started right away right because i think they were I, I don't remember the details, but I think they were just in desperate need for more illustrators because yeah. they had this huge campaign and just not enough people to I'm help. Sure. And I just, and we just all jumped on board and just, I think it, it just ended up just such a, being such a cool project and just seeing everyone's work. And just, I think we, I don't want to make up any numbers, but like 120 or something illustrations over the course yeah. of a couple of weeks. Crazy. And, and, but so I, I, I guess I would say it was a, a bit of a right place uh, at the right time kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I was a bit of a nobody at the time and I guess <laughs> I still am, but I just, yeah, no. sometimes you get lucky. Um, yeah. at least that's what it feels like, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but, but milestones, let's see. So I, right. I, I mean, before the pandemic, I've been wanting to do more branding and packaging work. Mm -hmm. And I finally have. Love it. I don't. I don't even know how because I didn't create a portfolio for it specifically. It just kind of just all, all fell into place. Yeah. <laughs> so over the past the past two years or so, my work has landed on like beer labels, soda cans, popcorn bags, That's on billboards, awesome. all kinds of stuff. Toby, and I, I got that. soda cans, Pepsi. Yeah. Wait. I have your Pepsi bottle. Oh. Do you? Cool. <laughs> Sorry, I just where did you just you go into an attic? attic? I just I just <laughs> climbed on my bed. My bed is literally like right <laughs> next to me because again, New York <laughs> tiny apartment. Um, but yeah, I keep this cool. on my shelf. Every oh, that's day. cool. I, sometimes I have it wow. in the back of my calls. That's but. so cool to see. I didn't even realize they were gone because it. I thought it was supposed to be like a limited edition run, just for like a summer. And now a year later, they're still around. Like it's yeah. it's still so surreal whenever friends from new york sent me pictures of my illustrations on pepsi bottles like yeah, is this yeah real life? Seeing, like run into an ad recently like big old 
Yeah, oh, which sure. I had no idea that was going on. You know, it's That's just so like, cool. yeah, send, a friend sent it to me. It's just how is how is this real? Um, but yeah, so so that's been really that's been really fun to to do and and to watch evolve. And then, well, a, another major milestone this past year has been creating my own domestica course, mm, which is yeah. about visual storytelling with, well, combining hand lettering and illustration. So students yeah. get to really learn my entire process from start to finish, how I do my research, how I create my mood boards, how I come up with, you know, th th all the words, you know, and and just how I start with small little thumbnail sketches in my sketchbook to then digitizing them and and just working on the iPad and creating an entire just like, you know, hand lettered um 60s 70s hippy dippy um kind of like psychedelic inspired um poster from scratch really mm -hmm. and That's it's so been cool. so fun because you just just by having to do it i was forced to reflect upon my process mm -hmm. which was yeah. both difficult and just really rewarding because you're suddenly you know how to work and it helped me in with jobs you know mm -hmm. after after we wrapped up the course, it was just like every time I got a new assignment, I was like, oh, now I now I know how to really approach this the right way, you know? So yeah. this is how I work. So yeah, and yeah. How, sorry. how much work is that to make a, a whole course? <laughs> so domestic, yeah, is it like how so long? Much. How many months did, did that take? Um, I mean, altogether, I think it's like a six-month process, but but wow. the really like the the lion's share of the work is, I want to say, is created over the course of one or two months. So I had to take okay. off an entire month of freelance work because maybe other people can do it on the side, but I couldn't. It was too much. Mm -hmm. I just only had to focus on that course for an entire month. And then yeah. it still takes like half a year or something with post-production un until it gets released. I think but, it's so cool. Yeah, it's it's a cool that. experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and what I'm hearing from... Sorry, mm -hmm. from these is number one, like I, I think a big tool that you called out that is really important is like reflecting on your process and being aware of why you're making the choices that you're making. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that goes for like in any career that you're in. It's so easy to just like go with your gut and keep rolling on the hamster wheel, you know, and like going in that direction and kind of just tumbling and snowballing. But once you kind of become mm -hmm. aware of like, oh, this is why I'm doing things the way that I am, it makes mm -hmm. it so much easier to like replicate and to then evolve from that right because you can like see the pain yes. points really easily and clearly you can see where you're wasting time you can see where maybe you feel like you could have done things better um mm -hmm. so yeah that reflection is super important for sure look at and andrea then, like nailing it about process totally yes it taught me a lot <laughs> on this podcast um i've learned a lot about what y'all do um that's awesome but also the other thing that i think was a little bit less explicit in that part of the story is just like i think there's someone sorry i just dropped all my rings on the floor because i can't stop fidgeting um something that you are really really great at is community and relationship like you are somebody who i think your clients really trust you i think you are really great at like again being that problem solver for them and not just delivering the work but like delivering your perspective and even with like people outside of that, like when you were talking about the early days of Closer and Closer, like you're just somebody mm -hmm. that is really good at building that community and like being a part of community and being engaged. And I think like mm -hmm. so many of these 
opportunities that you receive is just because people, you build that trust with people, right? Like you're really great at that and you're really great at hearing people and mm-hmm. relating to people and being a part of a community, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. I mean, yeah, I I hope that's true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> at, at least in at least in relation to I don't know if, if people hire me. I, I hope they do. I the thing is I I think the one the thing I struggle with the most as an illustrator is how incredibly lonely it gets. And I'm used to spending a lot of time alone, but I don't always enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I just need to I just need to have other people around. I need to be in touch with, you know, like-minded creatives and just be able to bounce ideas off of each other and just get direct feedback and just, and see if what I'm doing is, if I'm, you know, if I'm going in the right direction, if I'm just treading water, if I'm wasting my time, I just need people to, I I just need that communication, you know? Totally. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm sorry. I just, uh, let's see it. Did, it, did I problem. answer all of your questions? Oh, Absolutely. milestones. Milestones. I have one. I actually have one milestone, too. Well, also, I've been I've been getting more editorial work in murals, which is great. That, that's something I've been trying to do with my personal work for the last two or so years. And it's finally, it took two years, but it's now pay, paying off. I'm getting hired for a lot of more editorial stuff, which that. is cool. But that's one cool. of my, just hands down, one of the coolest projects I got to work on was in at the beginning of 2020 um and I I I got to do this limited edition poster for what was supposed to be the 10th anniversary of the Governor's Ball Music Festival oh, in New York yeah. oh, nice. I love that and poster. yes it's just it's there's something cool about poster. it where I just that was so fun to do and the I remember the art director told me to just make it look very New York but otherwise I was I was given full creative freedom. And so I took it as an opportunity to practice my lettering skills, which at the time, like 2019, I think was the year where I started to focus more on, on lettering. And I took it as an opportunity to just practice those, those skills. And I drew all the headliners names by hand and tried to create this kind of very New York scene. That's like, it's like a fun little trippy little subway train that's having the time of her life. And there's, (laughs) and it's, and it's it's like a, but it's on, on running on overground tracks just like broadway in in brooklyn along yeah. the like those those um uh those like very new york houses and then there's like all the headliners are essentially graffiti either on the houses yeah. or they're part of like the the cityscape they're on like signage and and whatnot or like water towers and then i and then i included like a this huge old um neon sign that's inspired by the What's it called? Silver Cup Studios sign mm. in Long Long Island City. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It's so cool. That's the reference I used. Not gonna lie, but it's just <laughs> it was. <laughs> I had to. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the 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 festival got canceled due to the pandemic, obviously. Right. But I, I. It was still just. It is, but you know, that's how it is. It is what it is. <laughs> but it was just so fun to do, and it's still something. I still did it, right? It still exists. Mm-hmm. It's totally. still part of my portfolio. It didn't get screen printed, which is a shame, but but wow. it ended up it actually ended up winning a bunch of awards from the Type Directors Club, 3 by 3 and Communication Arts and stuff. So Dude, that's awesome. Oh so yeah. That, that was I fun. love that poster. 
I, I remember I remember yeah. being jealous because uh, you were showing us like the the comps and then the near final and I was like this is dope. And at the time I was doing I was doing one but 90% of the freaking poster was t- taken up by all the artists on the venue and I could just yeah, do the by the order. lineup. And I was like I remember that but full it, poster. It was still so cool though. Like I I remember seeing yours and Alejandro's work and it just I definitely 100% used your work as inspiration. Not oh, going to lie. It was I love but that. thanks man. That's yeah, what I was trying to get out was, of you was that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, three tools and and uh, like tools. Um, you asked something about my tools, I, I believe. Yeah. I think you did a good job of baking it into your answer. But if there's anything else you want to call out, like a tool, a practice, anything that you think has really gotten you to where you are today. The band mm. tool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> not the band tool. Um, I think, well, the first thing that comes to mind really uh, was switching from a desktop to a mobile setup whenever the Apple pencil came out in, mm-hmm. I think 2016. And that really made, made so all the difference because, well, at, at the time I was still working on a 12 or 13 inch Cintiq, you know, one of those uh, screens mm-hmm. and it had just, it just broke. And I, it was, it was either buy a new one or for the exact same price, buy an iPad Pro and Apple Pencil and you get a full computer, not just a mm-hmm. screen. Yeah. And so I did that and uh, I never looked back. That was the best decision ever. And yeah, I think it's that and just, and also just sh- sharing my work, honestly, mm-hmm. also made a huge difference because up until that point, I was really shy. And even even years later, I think until it took me until just a couple years ago that I really actively started to share my work because I just mm-hmm. didn't feel comfortable doing it before. Totally. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to. I want to get this question in because yeah. uh, take us into the future because this question is all about like kind of where you see things going. So I think it's a great wrap up question. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll just the read future. the question so that because we gotta we gotta wrap up. But okay, you, you've always been this this honest dude and who's not scared to voice you know what bugs you, which I I love. And so mm-hmm. I kind of just came up with three. They're all negative, but negative is fun. <laughs> Great. Um, so one are there are there stylistic or thematic trends within the industry that you feel have worn their welcome, worn out their welcome? If nothing comes to mind, no worries. Why mm-hmm. do you hate NFTs? And which artist above all others really gets under your skin every time they post on Instagram because they're better than you and will always be better than you. And this does not have to be. Wow. Uh, wow. Okay. Hold on. Let's see. Um, stylistic trends. I don't know why, but I, I always have such a hard time picking up on these sorts of things or I never really see them until they're passe, but like (laughs) me too. Like I'm, 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 I mean, this is a no brainer, but I'm done looking at vector art. I'm it's, I'm fine. I've seen it all. It's good. It's okay. I've also all of these super minimalistic corporate logos that we're seeing everywhere that just all look the same. Just a line. That's just, yeah, it's so boring. I mean, even if they're just word marks, they're always as simple as you can possibly, possibly craft a logo. Right. So those I could definitely do without, but, um, Otherwise, I don't know. I don't really see too many design or visual trends. Do you? What am uh, I no, I mean, there's there's tons of them, of course. I, I bet you mm-hmm. if we 
crack this open for an hour, we would go down a rabbit hole for sure. It's one of those mm-hmm. things as you as you think about it or somebody mentions, you're like, oh yeah, totally. Like when you said super simple uh, logos, like I didn't think mm-hmm. about that, but I'm with you. That totally bugs mm-hmm. me. When you say vector art, you're talking like just like clean shapes dragged out with like a shadow and then a very minimalist person yes. standing next to a swimming pool. That's exactly what I mean. Not the, not, not, not Bezier curves or vectors as a tool. I think they're totally. great. I love that they exist. I don't personally like working with them, but just that, just that style that we traditionally associate from, from, from the nineties with like vector art. I am, yeah. I'm good without that. Yeah. But yeah. Too. Um, uh, why do NFTs. I hate NFTs? I don't, I don't hate NFTs. In fact, I'm, okay. I'm kind of, you... I'm fascinated by, by blockchain technology. I'm just concerned about the environmental impact of, of minting them. Like I, I, I get that everything requires energy. I get that, but I just want to keep my ecological footprint as small as possible. And I don't know at the, I mean, a lot of the sounding art- like a, like a hypocrite, but I like, I, I, I haven't eaten meat in, in like 15 years. I haven't owned a car in 10 years. I get everywhere with like public transportation. I try to recycle and not use too much, you know, single use plastic, even though that's pretty much impossible. The only <laughs> thing though, I, I, I mean, I do travel a lot, which I'm not proud of both for work and for fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like once, once someone introduces green nfts and i feel like they have i haven't really been paying attention as much but once they move to like like a what is it like a proof of stake technology or whatever they call it i'm definitely i'll be all about that but just like if you ever hear of of like a like a green blockchain let me know about it until then i'll just keep watching hey that's a that's a fair reason sometimes i forget about like when we all found out the the damage they were doing it was like wait are you serious? Like it was yeah. no small thing. <laughs> yes. It was like freaking Chernobyl in <laughs> digital art form. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll, 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 if I hear of anything, I'll, I'll let you know. Just yes. the reason why I want artists, commercial artists make NFTs is because so many aren't. And, mm-hmm. and it's yes. like, but this is perfect for you if you're a commercial artist, because you already know the gig. Mm-hmm. The artists that are doing it are, are people who are like, well, I like to make art, but and no offense to anyone's listening, maybe don't have the chops to be a commercial artist, but then found an audience in mm-hmm. NFTs. Yes. And and it's like some of those, I mean, they're richer than we are. Yeah. And so I I just I just want to be able to meet There's up. There's so with much you. crap out there. I know it's frustrating, but yeah. What that, can you do? I mean, yeah. I mean, you gotta start somewhere, you know. T- 10 years down the line, those artists are gonna be amazing. So True. I don't want to talk that's too a good much way crap of. about them. Yeah, um, I, I do, but I shouldn't. <laughs> okay. But my whole thing is, my whole thing is like make make NFTs, and then I'll fly over to Germany because mm-hmm. we won't have to do as much freelance work, and we can right. go buy Porsches together and just drive <laughs> around is, and, as you do. Yeah, of the as dream you do. Is to move to Berlin with Dave Leuter and yeah. drive a Porsche around. That's the that's everybody's <laughs> life goal, isn't it? Yeah. The Berlin is one of the places on our list. My wife sometimes oh like, let's just go to Berlin. I'm like, okay. I know. Yeah, you and we have friends there. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good What's time. that, Andre? What'd you just say? You're going to move there? No, I said we have friends there. But You I don't. Mean, as always. You always say that, but we you don't. It's fine if you don't. So um, many. Half of the roster lives literally. in Berlin. 
I love it. We're all friends here. Uh, oh, your just... third question. People yes. I hate on Instagram. Well, I mean, I... Uh, you hate them because you love them. Yeah. I don't, good, I don't hate anyone. <laughs> well, I mean, of course, there's people like Raul Urias or Max Leffler. Like, you know, They're all of good. your... I know Raul Urias is your personal nemesis, and I get it. And I... I <laughs> Only because he's I, my hero. Exactly. He's that good. I just... I, I really admire their work. Um, it always pops up in my timeline and it's always excellent and it's always so much better than anything I could do. There's there's so many amazing illustrators and designers. There's, well, it's like people like Simone Noronha, Malika Favre mm. um, mm -hmm. from, I think she lives in Barcelona now, Christoph Niemann, of course. Artist. She is, but she but can. She's okay forever. She can get away with it. Yes. I don't care. Her work is just that good. It's it's, it's so it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I like Braulio Amado as a graphic designer. He's really, really good. If you haven't seen his work, do it. Look What's it the up name now. again? Or do it. Uh, Braulio. B-R-A-U-L-I-O. Amado. Well, how many people, like artists, you know? You know a ton of, yeah. of artists. I mean, not really. I I only know the all the people on Instagram and Twitter, and that's pretty much it. So if they're not on there, I probably haven't heard of them. But they're but, the, but those are all amazing. And then but but none of them really get under my skin because I, I I see them as community, not as competition. And so I I yes, I want to be where they are, sure, but I I don't want to be who they are. So yeah. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I just honestly, I try not to compare myself as much as I used to. And I draw most of my inspiration from just ancient stuff, really, by people who are probably already dead, you know, and definitely yeah. don't have an Instagram. Um, like, I, <laughs> I like vintage, I look like looking at vintage matchbooks, like old, yeah. old packaging, signage and storefronts, just items you find at flea markets, at antique stores, or just your everyday observations. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah, the things that in, just inspire me the most are just your regular objects, really. I I like utilitarian design. Yeah. I like stuff that looks cool, but most importantly, it actually works. Yeah, yeah. I just, this is, <clears throat> form, this is should be such a no-brainer, but form should always follow function. And I, my biggest design pet peeve is when designers neglect functionality. Like whenever you, whenever you look at a shampoo bottle and you just, for some reason, 90% of shampoo bottles is you don't know, is this, am I looking at body wash? Is this conditioner? Body. What am I looking at? It's always the tiniest, the smallest possible information they could put on the packaging. Or just like if you, or like a bag of pasta. It's just all the information you need is how long do I need to cook this for? And it's hidden somewhere in the smallest, in the, you know, six point font somewhere in the corner. Yeah. So frustrating. I love hearing you talk about this as a German because it's in your blood. What the exact thing you're talking about is in the blood of your peeps. Just like That's it hilarious. needs to look cool, but it needs to freaking work. Whereas you know, work over in America, it's like, what what it had to work? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, who cares? Who cares if it works? Or who cares if it looks cool? It's like, guys, come on. Yeah. Um that I you said. Oh, sorry. I just want to. No, I just want to reiterate something that I that you said that I love. I want to be where they are, not who they are. Love mm -hmm. that, Dave. You need like the the horns after that, like the. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, shots fired. Um, 
Yeah. No, I think that's a lovely place to wrap up, honestly, because I think that's so true. Anyways, mm-hmm. before we go, I want to give you the floor, as we always do. Dave, tell the people where they can find you. And there's a lot of places now. Ooh, okay. Let's see. Um, well, if I could choose just one place, if I could get rid of all the other ones, I would only keep TikTok. That's just my yeah. current favorite. Um, on, on TikTok, I go by at Lonesome Dave because my name is Dave and I spend a lot of time alone. Um, on all the other ones on Instagram, Twitter, Behance, I go by my real name at David Leutert. That's David L E U T E R T. Um, you can find me there. You can even on LinkedIn. I've been for some reason I've been pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, you can you can sign up to my Domestica course if you want. Ooh, and I just started a brand new illustration podcast with my super talented friend Vicky um, here from Berlin. She's also an illustrator and lettering artist. Um, the podcast is is called Paid to Draw. Um, to the two, it's the number two, not the word two, because we're cheeky like that. Um, and <laughs> we we just released the first season. Um, we we talked to eight really interesting creatives. I'm not going to say all illustrators. Some of them are designers who also draw. It's always about drawing, and it's re- it's really it's about the business side of 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 drawing, because. You know, it's just it's it's all the things they don't teach you in in art school, really, because everyone can learn how to draw. But it's that that freelance aspect that took me so long to figure out and that I have yet to. I still don't really know what I'm doing. Right. So we just (laughs) we just ask all the questions. We we just try to soak it all up and just learn everything. And and it's been it's been super interesting, honestly. So you can find that podcast pretty much everywhere, really. like and subscribe or don't. It's up to you. Yeah. Leave a review. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Please do. I'm going to listen to it. The earlier reviews say way better than the closer and closer podcast. Yeah. So I got to give it a listen. <laughs> You'll definitely no. like theirs. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for being here. And everyone, mm-hmm. go listen My to pleasure. Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dave. Yes. Always a pleasure, man. Do it. Thanks, you too. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Closer and Closer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to get the latest episodes. To find out more about how Closer and Closer connects commercial artists with their dream clients, strengthens their careers, and more, head over to our website, www.closerandcloser.co, or sign up for our weekly newsletter, The Dose.